after unraveling patriarchy's episode 2 we gave you a little bit of a teaser where we're going to be talking about the rani of jhansi but if you guys have been keeping up with the latest updates and what's been going on things are going to change a little bit although we are going to try to stick to some of what we did decide earlier so don't be disappointed a little bit of news before we get started into our podcast our podcast is now available on anchor spotify and apple podcast so if you're super super lazy like me all you have to do is tell siri Hey Siri, play podcast Unraveling Patriarchies and the latest episode should play for you. And you can just sit back, have a listen, get a little bit angry if it's this episode because we're going to get a little bit angry. So lots of trigger warnings here if you are still listening after the trigger warnings that I will be putting up on the post as well. But yeah, Zirak, do you have anything to say before we get into the deep stuff? Not exactly, no. Let's just let's get started because I have opinions. <laughs> for this podcast we had told everyone we were going to talk about the rani of jhansi and you know given our theme women of war i had wanted to take a very literal take on that because of the kind of history that we have you know especially with partition being such a big part of our history and the kind of violence we see i wanted to center women in that narrative but what happened last week has made me realize that we don't need to go back to 47 you know we are seeing this happen as we live every day and I think a big part of me was waiting for us to record this podcast because honestly Zirak I have just been so angry for the last week I have felt angry and scared and frustrated because I now feel scared to exist in this country and that's not okay just to jump in and here this real is quick, coming I from a lot of yeah. women in Pakistan no, are generally scared to be to exist in that country in certain areas like that is something that you inherently grow up with and i think now we are aware that what we feel is fear cuz when you've grown up with it you don't really label it as fear cuz it's just a part of you're told that it's just part of being a woman in pakistan okay you're supposed to avoid certain areas you're supposed to maybe go in groups or go with like a mard of the house you know like go with someone that can protect you and you think oh like this is normal and then once you're out of that situation you realize that no or when you come face to face with a situation like this then you're able to actually label the emotions that you were told were normal and okay to feel when in reality they weren't normal no one should have to feel scared of living in their own country and it's not i mean this is probably going to go off on a different tangent but we need to acknowledge this is not just for women like a lot of people that live in pakistan feel scared to live in pakistan because of their own identities because of their own social identities right so if you are a religious minority in pakistan you're probably scared shitless every single day for fear that someone will find out and what their reaction will be when they find out if you're a sexual minority or a gender minority in Pakistan again you're scared because Pakistan as a country likes to ignore a the entire white side of their flag and b the fact that it's not just Pakistani straight cisgender sunni men that are living in the country And now you can continue 
with what you were saying. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think you brought up some really important points because, you know, just the existence of anyone outside that category, like you said, the case that we're talking about in question, the motorway incident, as everyone's referring to it. It's a rape case. It's not an incident. It's a rape case. It is a rape case. It's a gang rape case. And the reason it gained so much traction on the media, let's be honest, is because the woman came from a privileged background, at least somewhat. She was in her own private car. And as the CCPO has so very well reminded us, she was a French national. And I'm just going to take a moment here to go back to the CCPO's video, which was a minute and a half. And I still couldn't get through it without having tears in my eyes. Because the man... And I'm quoting here because I'm pretty sure I remember it correctly. Said, Asli mein uski orientation mein France tha na, hum thodi apni maa betiyon ko saare baara tak nikalne dete. This was a woman, Zirak, in her own car with her children. Traveling to see her family. And none of these things should matter. But I'm mentioning them because despite all of these privileges and these protections, at the end of the day, having a female body means that is all you are reduced down to. And that is a lot of, I think, what we want to talk about today as well. It's just last week has reminded us that this conversation can be had in a very present context as well. We don't need to talk about the women that were ravaged during partition. We need to talk about the women that are being violated today. It's not even that France oriented. Thi. It was like, he also said something ke, like, France mein log is karte hain. Hamari kaum is kabil nahi hain ke hamari aurte aur behne ye cheezen kare hain. That's, that's part of what the CCPO said. To wo khud hi bol rahe ki hum janwar hain. Yes. Hum janwar hain to usko bach ke hi rehna chahiye tha. Is his main thing. And that's the thing, right? We live in this mentality of violence of of war constantly we are in this constant state of war with ourselves with our families with our jo bhi samne aa raha hai usko matlab khatam kar dete hain like to the point where prime minister is saying yes rapist should be castrated i'm like okay but you are also supporting the person in your government who is making it okay for more rapists to think that they can rape people so like where are you fixing the problem and then this becomes a class issue right because like koi lower tabke ka banda hoga usko to kar denge hang what about the people in your families what about the politicians what about the higher up men they won't and in fact you know what's going to happen they are going to get people to take the fall for them and we are going to see innocent lives being lost and then public hanging will become a norm As a country, we've just gotten so accustomed to violence. Okay, for us, the only way out is violence. Be violent, destroy it. But you can't hang every single man. This, this violence that's a part of our mentality, I feel like we never left 47. You know, I think this is a good place for us to jump back to what we'd originally planned as well. Because I know this is something that we could just talk about forever. You hear these stories, these really horrifying stories where mothers threw their daughters off the roof because men were coming and they would rape their daughters. 
so they were like bakery isi mein ki wo izzat se mar jaye this isn't us being like oh this is what people who were moving to pakistan had to go through no this happened everywhere in the subcontinent it was used across the board against women because women were seen as the weakest link and they were also seen as the izzat i think the one thing that's common across the board regardless of religion class anything for all women is is what this comes down to this this use of our bodies as weapons as objects as things to be used and abused and labeled this this happens across the board this is not limited by any barriers it 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 is a lot to take in you know we do have to think of ways forward as well and we do need to start looking at where the problem starts and that's particularly why i wanted to touch upon 47 as a pakistani publication that's obviously where we started off but then some things go before that as well and in a lot of the things that i've been researching in our history particularly as i get more and more into south asian history I've realized that so many of the problematic cultures that we have don't actually come from Desi culture. So we now have these uh western influences thing they quote look at the backward like the patriarchal and then obviously their favorite thing is Islam ki wajah se you know which I could go off and off about but you know that's not where it starts. They brought these things to the subcontinent. We need to understand that okay First of all, we need to understand that the way that we see Desi culture right now. First of all, I always get slightly annoyed when someone says Desi culture because there is no such thing as one homogenous Desi culture. We are a collection of different cultures, each mm-hmm. of which, yeah, of course, have been affected by colonization, and this is something that yeah has been overlooked so much in mainstream English media. to the point ke you will have a pakistani born londoner as the mayor of london mm-hmm. but you will still refuse to apologize for the jallianwala bagh massacre or the kanpur massacre sorry the kanpur yeah. massacre not the kanpur man kanpur you know what the war of independence 1857 is called in british textbooks Oh yeah, the the failed Indian mutiny. Yeah, I was speaking to a friend of mine about this, who is also a history student, by the way. She was with me in university, and we talked about doing a, a history podcast mm-hmm. at some point as well on these conflicting state narratives. Because I I was talking about something, and you know, we're both we both tend to have conversations that go very deep into history as well. Five ignorance, <laughs> and I kept saying. war of independence and she's like you know i really don't know about this and i was like really because you know like i i thought the british history really studied india quite a bit you know the crown of the british empire and blah di blah and then i said 57 and i described something about it she was like are you talking about the indian mutiny 1857 and then we just sat back and like looked at each other for a bit it's not the indian mutiny i'm sorry i will challenge any british historian that wants to label it an indian mutiny because a mutiny means Okay, you were legitimate rulers of our country. You weren't. We didn't mutiny against the captain of our ship. We tried to throw off people that had enslaved us in the, like, in the docks before we even set out. It was a failed war of independence. Let's get that clear. It 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 was it was very much a war for independence, and that war continued throughout fifty seven for the next almost hundred years. Started off with Mangal Pandey. 
ended with the death of the rani of chansi let's be honest i i like that you brought her up there as well you know we obviously promised our viewers that we'd be talking about her but she really fits into the narrative that we were talking about you know about the way women are seen and used rani lakshmi bai was at the forefront of the war of independence against the british and why that started was because the british wanted to annex chansi because after the maharaja of chansi passed away she as a female could not inherit his lands and they only had an adopted son damodar i think i'm saying the name correctly and so according to british law he, she was not a she was not actually an heir and he did not leave an heir behind but according to hindu culture she could have inherited the lands from him according to their own culture she was now the she was now the rani she was the ruler but they refused to accept that because you know when you see when when you look at the subcontinent like you said there was so many different cultures i mean even when we look at the three countries that it is right now those three countries in and of themselves are massive huge populations diverse cultures so imagine all of that is one country i mean the diversity was amazing and women succeeding men in when when it when it comes to royalty isn't something that was new in the subcontinent you had razia sultan who was named the heir despite having so many older brothers because her father was like she's the one that i trained to be my heir and she's the smartest of my kids she's going to rule the land right later on there were rebellions against her because they just couldn't stand that a woman was ruling the country but this is something that would happen in the subcontinent so lakshmi bai wasn't a this wasn't something revolutionary right mm-hmm. and then compare that to where the british were coming from i'm sorry but elizabeth the 1st hello queen victoria you're just telling me that lakshmi bai couldn't inherit jhansi for what because no because even with i believe it was elizabeth the 1st who was pressured to get married because she wasn't considered in at least initially she wasn't considered a proper queen until she had a husband but she never got married she didn't now she broke that mm. true you go even further back to central asia did you know chinggis khan left his empire to his daughters because his sons according to him were useless drunkards his daughters ruled the mongol empire that stretched across i think the span of central asia and there's not something anyone talks about I didn't know this. Yeah, there's a book um I'm forgetting who it's by but it's called The Secret History of the Mongol Queens. Oh yeah. And it talks about the role the daughters played in his in his empire. Anyway, before I go off on a tangent too much, you know, just coming back to this, these weren't traditions that were new to us. And this is these sort of boxes are what the British brought in. They told us that women are weak. women need to be feminine women need to wear parasols and be white and gora and have umbrellas and you know be delicate our women were not delicate our women are strong sara din khet mein jo kaam karta hai wo delicate hota hai have you have you seen the women who live in our countries they are strong women zirak they deal with shit every day and just because it is slightly different to the responsibilities men may have that doesn't make it any less important I personally know people who you know this this may not be everyone's cup of tea but I'm, that's why that's also why I'm giving this example women who go out on tabligh it's not a men's thing i know women who 40 40 din do do mahine nikal jati hain 
were people under the impression that it was just a man's thing. I th- I think so. Like I think जो ये जो बोलते हैं कि बस घर के अंदर बैठो और गोरे रहो और पैर अपने rose water में डाल के रखो. These are not these are not British traditions. You know they're not ours. Our women don't sit around and laze around. I've never seen a woman in my family sit around and laze around. I they they laze around according to the men. Because apparently to them jhadu pocha safai khana pakana is lazing around. These are women who were advisors, who were who were in courts, who. who had places who knew knew their place in the world you know and we let someone else come in and tell us who we were we let them tell us that our women were lesser than because wo to apni mem sahabon ko laye the na and i'm not when i say this i'm not excusing the people in our culture who do believe these things or 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 the heathens that existed then and existed now the violent acts that were carried out were definitely carried out by many of our own people you know whether whether oh, they were yeah. pakistani whether they were muslim they were equally carried out on all sides muslim hindu sikh indian bengali pakistani whatever you want to call it they they did commit those acts but what i'm trying to say is when you link it back it comes from this inherent understanding of what a woman is and True. when you limit a woman to her womb that is what people will see but drop it and that is what people will act out against yeah and that is what happening to this day because we don't we never countered that culture zainab ke case mein bhi the rapists were hanged what changed nothing nothing changed because that doesn't stop it that only tell someone kisi ko phansi chadani ho to ab karwa sakte and it wasn't just zainab There were cases before her as well, where the yeah. children survived. Like Zainab was murdered, other children were not. What about Kasur? All the yeah. stories that we've heard coming out of Kasur—that whole huge range of incidents that occurred there—that just mm-hmm. weren't stopped, because apprehending one person isn't enough. What happened to the what two hundred odd children that were kidnapped in Punjab? in 2016 to 2017 because it's only when it's high profile or media hota hai to hum usko ek violent response deke khatam kar dete hain but what we need to start thinking about is what are we teaching our children children of both both genders by the way what are we teaching our girls ki unki jagah kya hai we teach them to be passive so when the time comes when they have to yell it's too late and we teach our boys to be entitled and i think the biggest part of this for me always always boils down to education we need to have these courses in schools and i saw someone post something very interesting they said ke um and and hear me out before you okay. react because i know you're good, you're going to okay uh, you know me so well <laughs> no i i reacted as well <laughs> for a second when i read the post initially that i thought about it she said ke these sex education classes that everyone wants to put into schools they're going to turn our kids into western cultures they're going to make it seem like sex is okay outside of marriage and we're we're not we're not even having that conversation and you know teenage pregnancies are on the rise in the west uh, and it just gives people more awareness as opposed to education and i thought about it and i was like 
we need to stop taking these terms as what they mean to the West. When we say sex education, uh, did you see the book, uh, the, the, the children's picture book about Mirajism, which is meant to be a picture book about consent? I haven't seen it yet. So, so things like that, what teach you consent, you know, um, that's sort of links back to all these terms that we see terms like feminism or sex education or whatever, where we think they're just going to mean what they mean to America and they're not, we need to claim back our definitions of them. Because to be quite honest, if you do take biology in 10th grade and 11th grade, you will be taught about sex. You will be taught about the reproductive Yes, system. exactly. So our kids know what sex is. So it's not about teaching them what sex is. It's the problem. It's like you said, teaching them about what consent is. And like the dynamics behind sex. Because a lot of our, a, a lot of people don't think marital rape is a thing. And I tried searching for whether or not Pakistan has marital rape laws in place. Um, they have domestic violence laws in place, but it doesn't apply to the rape of a woman in a marriage. This entitlement to a woman's body needs to be removed. That is the essence of rape culture. And that's not going to go away by acts of violence. That's going to go away when you tell people your CCPO was wrong, when you stand up against your own government. When you tell people that these public remarks are not allowed. Yeah. Who was that um, one male anchor? This is when the Mera Jassim Meri Marzi debate was like going on. Chazeb Khan Zada. Right. He was, uh, this is before the, um, I know. For the, the people that can't see us, <laughs> Anmol and I both agree that he's a great journalist. Um, but this is before the uh, the Mera Jassim Meri Marzi living room criticism was mainstream, right? This is when, this is when like your male relatives will probably sit around and tell you that believe in the slogan, despite it being a government slogan that was meant to be used by rape victims. Uh, but we're going to ignore all of that because, you know, Paros mein jo Sultan rehte na, unki wo rai thi, to I'm obviously going to regurgitate what the other man told me. But Shahzeb Khan Sada was like the first one to break down with statistics, with a segment that was just ah, so good. Like five star, yes, wonderful. Where, and you could see, the, and one of the great things that I liked about that segment is that he wasn't calmly explaining this. No, he was pissed at the people that thought this. He was pissed at the people that thought this. And I was like, yes, because that is a logical response. But then at the same time, if it was any other female journalist that told you this, you would not have believed her. Not that people particularly believed Khan Zada when he told them this, but if it was a female journalist, she would have been further ridiculed she would have on, been crucified she would have been crucified yes yeah which is the reason why you don't have a lot of one of the reasons why you don't have a lot of female journalists that are mainstream to the extent that they can have a segment like Mubashir Lukman Zirak honestly 
you're into journalism i'm into journalism we're both pakistani do you want to call yourself a pakistani female journalist cuz i don't i call myself a writer in pakistan i am a writer most of the journalists that get like the hard hitting news pieces will be men name one female journalist that's at that level koi nahi hai yeah and most of them who have potential bar chali jati hain because they don't want to be yeah cuz here it comes with so many different layers of gender politics right exactly and i feel like you need to actually have conversations with children about what non-consensual activity looks like because i remember when i was a kid like when i was in 6th grade right there was this one commercial but one psa actually that came on um and at that point i didn't know what it was but it was about ke a kid was traveling home alone in a car with the driver and drivers could chair up which is so you can assume what was happening right and he comes back and he tells his dad and the dad gets the driver arrested and then it would end with always tell your parents about what's happening and ke these things are not normal and you saw it through the lens of the kid right so as a child i was like oh so this happens right and then you have people like shahzad roy who also mm-hmm. yeah are trying to bring this thing yeah, to the mainstream yeah. where you need to have conversations with your children which let's be honest pakistani families don't tend to have conversations mm-hmm. with their children about stuff like this because we are a very i don't even know how to describe us but we are unnecessarily optimistic that the people we're interacting with are good people are we though because we raise our daughters to say ghar se bahar mat nikalna ye ho jayega isse nahi milna ye ho jayega mazdoor ghar mein aaye hain kamre mein band ho jao ghar se bazaar ja rahi ho chadar mein lipat jao kahin jana hai bhai ke bagair nahi jana so we're not we just don't care enough to raise our sons better because we know this will happen The reason fathers stop their daughters from doing certain stuff for safety is 99% of the time not because they don't trust their daughter it's because they know bar ka banda kaisa hai So they know but they choose to put the onus on who might be the victim And I say victim because I don't want to I don't want to genderize the victim This happens to so many bo- young girls and boys, and we tell those young girls and boys that it is their fault. लड़के रोते नहीं हैं, लड़के emotional नहीं होते, and then that turns into a cycle of abuse. We don't let them talk about these things because लड़कों को तो हम feelings की बात नहीं करने देते. तो वो लड़के आके कैसे बताएं कि हमारे साथ ये हुआ? The idea that the victim should be ashamed is at the crux of the whole matter. It's also I don't know where it came from. Why do we think? I don't understand what the justification is. The please have conversations with your kids. If someone listening to this has children, 
have those conversations normalize those conversations and for anyone who has shared their stories who has come out and spoken about these things that they have gone through just so someone else could get a little bit of help thank you thank you for putting yourself out there thank you for sharing your stories thank you for being the kind of people that we need in this world today to hopefully bring change um and on that slightly more positive note we're going to leave you with today's episode thank you all so much for joining us uh like i said before our podcast is available on anchor spotify apple podcast so you can listen to it anywhere you can also link to the anchor under our website's podcast section which you should be able to find on the home, the link to on the home page um for anyone who's listening to our podcast and isn't aware of the magazine perspective is a magazine that focuses on empowerment and awareness in Pakistan uh and we hope to bring unheard stories to light and very much smash the patriarchy uh thank you so much for listening uh, if you haven't followed our magazine you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter uh we're at the perspective mag on Instagram and perspective mags on Twitter because neither username is available on the other so don't come at me for that please that's just a username issue uh but yeah you can find us reach out if you want to get involved if you have a story to share please feel free to reach out we always respond to any queries and submissions uh, and we do take take submissions on a monthly basis depending on our themes so keep an eye out on our social media pages and our website